Welcome to the McCovey Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast for SB Nation's McCoveyChronicles.com. I'm Brian Murphy, former managing editor at McCovey Chronicles, and I am joined by Doug Brazzoni, who writes about the Giants on his substack, GiantsDoug.substack.com. Doug, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. Uh, feeling much better about the Giants now that they've had one good week. I think all their problems are solved, and here come the playoffs. They had a seven-game homestand uh, heading into what's now the All-Star break. They went 5-2 and two on that homestand, and they're now half a game out of a wild-card spot and have an overall record of 48-43. and 43. But which is cooler, Doug, going 5-2 and two in a week of games or hitting a walk-off Grand Slam for the first time in almost 50 years? Brian, <laughs> we don't have to choose. Both of those things happened. <laughs> they sure did. This is where listening on radio is great because John Miller had an amazing call. But, you know, the Giants hit three home runs in the ninth inning to beat Josh Hader the other night. And um, I never would have imagined that. No. (laughs) Not in a million years. (laughs) Um, No. And, you know, I was listening on radio, too, for the last inning. And, and, you know, you come in and Bart homers and rough homers. And then Slater gets on and barely gets picked off, but gets to second anyway. Uh, and then uh, uh, Mercedes gets hit by a pitch on a, I think a one-two pitch when he should have struck out. Like by any rational measure, you get Herman Mercedes gets a one-two on Josh Hader. You're like, well, that's a strikeout. But no, Hader decide to uh, to crap the bed, which we always like. Josh Hader does that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Tyro Estrada hits hits this pop up, and as as phenomenal as John Miller's call was on the Grand Slam, and it was his call on that pop up was incredible because he's like he hits it up and it's dropping, 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 and, and then it dropped and he got a single, and and you knew exactly what was happening, even though I don't remember where on the field that was. Well, one topic we're going to talk about a little bit later is in fact the Giants broadcasting team. And it's sort of, um, it's not a matter of like, we're luckier than everybody else. It just, it's amazing that you could basically put your hand into the river of their broadcasting between radio and TV. And you can, you can always come out, pull something very, very delicious out of that water. There's always a sample size. It's either in a game, uh, it's a stretch of games. It doesn't matter who's behind which mic, TV or radio. It's always something great going on. And when it matches up with something truly amazing, I, I would say, dare say, Doug, that it was astounding. <laughs> it was. It was astounding. I think that's a good word for it. It pluses every situation, to use an industry term. It, you know, it makes everything that much better. I, I love that Mike Yastrzemski didn't wait around because you could very easily imagine a hitter in that situation being like, oh, the bases are loaded. You know what I mean? Like, I got to see what... Is he trying to get cute or is he going to come after me that there might be waiting? But nope. No. <laughs> he was like, if he throws a fastball, I'm going to swing at it. <laughs> uh, and that was pretty great. And yeah, I would say that this this week really did a lot to... I, I mean, the Giants are not a bad team, everybody. <laughs> they certainly have played like a bad team, but this is basically the same group that's sputtered and uh, shown glimpses every now and again and then crapped the bed. And and this week they kind of put it all together against a really good team. I mean, the the Brewers sort of beat the Giants the way that the Giants have been beating themselves um, on the Thursday night game. 
and you know the Giants offense couldn't really get it going but they I mean I kind of think Joey Bart being back and playing a little bit better has helped a lot but they've made some subtle changes that have really helped them take off so it was a great week um I would you know overall record speaks for itself uh, other things talked about finally saying goodbye to Jake McGee he was finally released <laughs> Carlos Rodon uh, was added as a replacement pitcher to the All-Star game, but he's now had to bow out um, because he has a blister. Uh, Evan Longoria has been uh, reactivated from the IL. Brandon Crawford's on the IL. Um, our bullpen power rankings are an absolute shambles. Just Oh, God. Oh, it's it, going to be yeah. terrible. Yeah, I, I'm already <laughs> dreading the next one. I, I, at this point, I was thinking, the other night I was thinking, we should probably do like a, um, just a trust power rankings. And just do things we trust and and make sure that the Giants bullpen is the last, you know, is number 10 on the list. Um, but yeah, it was. So let, I guess besides the walk-off Grand Slam, what, what stood out to you? Uh, I mean, I think taking three of four from the Brewers is was really impressive. It's tough to win three out of four, basically no matter who you are and no matter who your opponent is. Um you go into a four-game series. When the Giants go into a four-game series, I basically just assume they're either going to go two and two or one and three. Like those are the only two options in my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware it can go differently. I know that that is true, uh, but you don't see it very often, just because you know major league players are pretty good. Um, so to see them do that, and then against the Brewers, who are in first in the NL Central, um, they have a really good team and. You just go, all right, This the Giants are putting it together. They're, they're going to get my hopes up once again. I didn't think it was going to happen. Now it's going to happen. They're definitely not going to crush them by playing like garbage for another month. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what stood out to me was that the Giants basically played to probably the peak of their abilities this week. Um the two losses notwithstanding as frustrating as they were, but even in the wins, there are some frustrations in some cases, but essentially the offense really did pick up the slack. Um, again, those two losses notwithstanding, but that's essentially what the formula is supposed to be. Um, the starting pitching being good enough, but you know, like that Radon game when he, when it, when um, Pedro Severino basically punked him and, and drew a walk that like he had like 47 pitches in the middle of that at bat. And I think he threw like 20 or 22 more to end that inning. Um, and it's just like, once you know that Carlos Rodon is only going to go five innings and the bullpen's going to have to get, you know, do the last four innings, you know, the giants are going to give up at least three or four runs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to go well. No chance that <laughs> yeah. that's, good, that's what you want. So you have to have an offense that is, is willing to score runs that can, at least, if not get you a big lead, can get you a lead, keep you in the game, match the other team. And this week, it really, that's what stood out to me was, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's like the bats are heating up, but it definitely seemed like the good at bats that the team had been putting together pretty much all season. I wouldn't, like when I think about the Giants and you, you called this point out last week when I was talking about Joey Bart, you're like, even when he was going bad, he's still working the count pretty well. And I think that was pretty true of most of the players. And this, this time it looked like things were falling. One other thing I would say about that though, I'm not rambling. I have the, all these thoughts linked together in a delicate tapestry of nonsense, but uh, that the Brewers didn't seem set up to com combat the Giants platooning. And substitution patterns. And I think that's more importantly, that's what 
that that is a big contributor to that ninth inning against Hader the other night. That I think the Giants being able to just like lay out all their right-handed pitcher or hitters against him certainly certainly helped uh, quite a lot. But it seemed like all weekend the Brewers were not quite ready for whatever the Giants were going to throw at them for substitutions. Yeah, I mean, you saw that on Sunday, too, because that was the Giants went into the game saying, you know, we have our lineup like this because we think they're going to because they I think they had five righties to start it off. And they went lefty, righty, lefty, something like that, maybe four righties and lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Um, And they said, yeah, this isn't going to be the lineup by the third inning. Uh, we're we're going to make some moves there, and then you know the third inning rolls around, and that's not the lineup, and it, it goes exactly to plan. Um, yeah, and so that's something the Brewers just—I don't know if they didn't have a good way to combat that, or they're like, well, you know, whatever. Last game of the year, we'll just throw some guys out there, see what happens. Um, but the Giants, absolutely—I mean, Kapler outmanaged them, or Farhan outman, whoever was the man is technically managing the 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 you know all that platoon situation. Yeah, and that that leads me into the other question I like to ask is who was your MVP for the week? And I'm going to start and say that that kind of danced me into thinking Austin Slater really, he's put together quite a great season. And and yes, and I think John Miller said that he wound up having 12 hits in the series and he didn't even start on the first game of the series. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, he was was great this week. shockingly good <laughs> um because you know he's been good all year um but it hasn't been but you know you kind of haven't noticed he kind of built it slowly and because he was a, more of a platoon player for a while and he might be working his way out of that he might be working his way to just being a starter at this point yeah um you maybe don't notice it so much um but yeah i mean you could also give a shout out again to to wilmer flores had another good week which is like you did the week before um, and Tyro Estrada had a really good week. He uh, he had some big hits. He had a few homers, and he he looked good. And if they have Tyro Estrada looking like a above average baseball player, then that's that's a, that's going to be big. Yeah, um, I'm. I think I misspoke here. Then he couldn't have possibly had twelve hits. So, but he's had. But I want to make it clear what uh, Austin Slater had 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 because I I feel like I'm going to lose my mind here. So he had four, seven, eight hits in the series. Wait, four, six, seven hits in the series. Not seven, even yeah, seven, seven hits. hits. In the last three games yeah, basically because yeah. he didn't. He only won that. Yeah, um, yeah the, I mean those are all. And Logan Webb looked great too. It was. It's amazing in this era where it's just power ball and you're trying to throw fastballs that you really can still get away with 87 mile an hour. You know, you can get sliders, change-ups, and sinkers if you're sinking, sequencing them correctly and you're hitting your spots. Um, so fun to see. Happy that Logan Webb is is following up his uh, fan, phenomenal 2021 with a, with a really good season this year. Okay. The Giants in general, um, now I want to do a first half review because, again, we're heading to the All-Star game, All-Star break. Uh, the Giants have a short break. They're back on Thursday against the Dodgers. It's not technically halfway through the season. We're a little over. The Giants have played 91 games. Um, through the 91 games last year, they were 58 and 33, and uh, they're 48 and 43 after 91 games this year. And then the runs per game, Doug, do you think the Giants have scored uh, fewer runs or more runs than they did last year after 91 games? Brian, that seems like a trick question, so I'm going to say more. Ah, 
they have scored basically the same number of runs per game. <laughs> uh, I think it's 4.9 runs per game and 4.93 last year. Doug, are there any numbers that you want to lay out right now? Before- um, yeah, so there is one thing that I, I kind of looked this up a little while ago, and I was like, let's come back to it at the end of the first half, and we're at the end of the first half now. Um, so I think I talked a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember how many weeks ago it was about the defense and how it's bad and how there are only a few guys who are even in the positive defensive territory at all on fan graphs. Well, I went looking up the Giants' defensive ranks as a team at every position. And Brian, it's not good. <laughs> there's there's no position where they're good. Here are their ranks. Okay. Catcher, 30th. This is out of the majors, by the this way. This is defense. 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 Catcher, 30th. First base, 28th. Second base, 27th. Shortstop, 21st. Third base, 25th. Left field, 20 er, No, right field, 21st. Center field, 21st. Right, uh, what's the other one? Left field? Left, left field, 30th. Yeah, I was going to say, left not, field should be 30th or 32nd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is not one position at which the Giants are even in the top two-thirds of the league at defense. They're in the 33rd percentile or worse defensively at every position. And that's it's, that's a lot of what's gone wrong this year. For sure, it's it's uh, it's not what you want. It's not <laughs> what you want. <laughs> one of my favorite sayings from one of baseball's most boring managers. Um, <laughs> well, to to speak to that point, it's it's why there are McCoven uh, commenters who are whose refrain the flag that they've decided to fly on their ship this year is. But they're they're fielding independent pitching, right? <laughs> and it's almost like the Hillary Clinton campaign mocking the butter emails as the entire endeavor sinks. But literally, the Giants are number one in in FIP, meaning that <laughs> fielding independent pitching wise, meaning uh, only the things that the pitchers can control. If you're not aware of what FIP is, so walks, strikeouts, home runs. You know, the Giants have the the best basically ERA. I think it's three thirty six. Uh, uh, in baseball, not the National League, no qualifications, just just number one. Um, expe- expected FIP, meaning it measures in the quality of contact. They're 368. That's like they're the sixth best team in that regard. But, you know, their pitching is doing the job and their offense is when it does the job is why they're winning. But their defense is is whatever beyond a liability is a travesty. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I didn't know that about FIP, but that's good because FIP flags fly forever. Uh, right. <laughs> well, the the main flags that you want to have in modern baseball is you want to be you want to have the FIP flag and you want to have the financial flexibility flag. If right, you can have exactly. those two, <laughs> then you're <laughs> you're the best franchise. Um, yeah, the, they're fourth in in the National League in runs scored, uh, fifth overall. Fourth in the National League in on-base percentage, seventh overall. Second in the NL in walks, which still blows my mind because it's the Giants, and I still am thinking about, like, 2009. So, <laughs> uh, that's third in Major League Baseball. They're, they're one, um, weighted runs created plus, which is, like, a basically an all-encompassing averaging to league stat. It's a, it's a great, uh, basically, context in comparing to the rest of the league. 106 is basically 6% above the league average. But that's fifth in the National League, which is 10th in baseball. Guess what their weighted runs created uh, plus was last year through 91 games, Doug? 
106. Oh. <laughs> Except that was good enough for second in the NL and, and fifth in baseball. So offensively, whatever design that they've come up with is holding holding firm. Um, and the defense is, is shooting them in the foot, in the hand, and probably at least taking off the tip of the year. <laughs> also, there's some cro- let's let's be honest. There's some crotch work in there too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, the, these like first, there's not really like any standout giants on the team. I think I read that there's. I don't even know if any player is going to threaten to be like a three win player this year, and so it's just all these weird. We'll get to the individuals in a second. One last like global stat I wanted to point out was the Giants roster age the, out of, of the eight playoff teams. Um, I'm going to list them in no particular order. Cause I didn't sort them by age, <laughs> which is a bummer. Braves average roster age, 28, the Cardinals, 28.7, the Phillies, 28.6, uh, the Brewers, 29.5, the Mets, 29.9, the Dodgers, 29.8, the Padres, 28.5 and the Giants average roster or roster age average is 30.5. The <laughs> Braves, old. yeah, the Braves have th- their average includes the, the Braves are 28.0. That's their average. That includes 39 year old Robinson Cano and 38 year old Charlie Morton. <laughs> and the Brewers had Lorenzo Kane on their team too. So it's, and you know, the Dodgers have like Clayton Kershaw, Freddie Freeman's kind of up there. You know, they have certain guys. Um, and yeah, the Giants still still <laughs> out ahead of of these of these teams. Um, so that's those are my global thoughts on that. The Giants are old, but they're they're still a great offense, and the pitching's pretty decent. But the defense, probably because of the age, is really boning them. Yes. <laughs> um, no, the I mean the offense has done their job scoring runs. I have some concerns about kind of the underlying way they're hitting. Uh, which last I looked into it was more average than good, but so far the results have been there, so you can't blame them so much. I mean, it just is really, really the defense. Ironically, you know, you're like they're they're hitting, you know, average hitting basically, but I think their actual batting average not great. Like the actual right, yeah. hits, the actual <laughs> hits they get not not a great volume of hit, actual hits. Um, their home run totals are a little bit lower. Um, I, I will say this, this is me. I'm not, you know, if you listen to uh, these podcasts and you've read my writing, you know, I'm not always looking for optimism, but <laughs> there are, you know, they're starting to get guys back and those guys are starting to get healthy again or get their timing back. So the hits really actually might start coming with Lamont Wade, Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria, if he can actually stay on the field. Like these are guys who can contribute hits to the team. And then by virtue of, spelling the guys that have had to step up and play more, you're Darren Ruff. Um, we're not counting Tommy Lestella as a baseball player anymore, right? So No, no, he's um, he's in the phantom zone. <laughs> right. Uh, Mikey Stremski, you know, although Mikey Stremski is supposed to basically be a full-time player, but, you know, if you have other guys taking the pressure off of you, uh, it might actually actually open up opportunities. So were there any um, underlying stat casty stats you wanted to get into? I, I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago on my sub stack promo but um, yes that's what we're yes. that's right that's what i'm doing here um no it was just it was just their like the the way they're hitting the ball was very average uh 
like their their barrels are slightly above average. Their exit velocity is slightly above average. I mean, their their exit velocity actually their average exit velocity is actually very slightly below average. That they, they just the way they're hitting in that way is not particularly impressive. Like it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, it's but the, if the results are there on the whole, then you can't complain about it too much. And for now, at least the results are there. The thing you want to think about when you're thinking about how are the Giants going to work out the the next what seventy one games? What what's going to be the important thing? You know, if you can't uh, rely on your defense, and I don't think they can. I, I that this doesn't seem like something they're going to be able to turn around in season. Uh, this is not even me being pessimistic, just for that, for the sake of being negative. It, they have so, as Doug just explained, every position is uh, a liability, essentially defensively. You know, I will. I'm kind of optimistic about Joey Bart, but who knows? You know, <laughs> Sacramento seems to be able to fix people, but we don't know. We don't know. Uh, And so that could maybe improve. And maybe if Belt's uh, knee kind of comes back, you know, it's interesting as much uh, crap as Brandon Crawford has gotten this year. And, and, you know, it's obviously his bats slowed way down. It's interesting. He's like, that's like the best position, right? That was 21st, you said? Yeah, that was 21st. (laughs) That and like right field and maybe center field. Yeah. So, you know, how are you? you going to improve? Well, I mean, okay, you could maybe get like a cool um, actual left fielder and and make Jock Peterson your DH, but uh, I don't see that happening. You know what I mean? Like you could see maybe envision the Giants going after some some, uh, bat, but I really think it comes down to they need to somehow get pitchers who can strike guys out. That They need to trade for a power reliever of some kind so that they can increase their strikeout rates so that they don't have to rely on the defense quite as much. I mean, I'd like for them to have like a six inning starter at some point who isn't Logan Webb, but that doesn't <laughs> seem like that seems just as difficult to do. Uh, but yeah, I, overall I would say they finished strong. I think we can admit that going into the all-star break. Uh, it's amazing as many games as they've lost since they swept the Dodgers, they really have only had a losing streak as long as six games which is their longest winning streak as well it's been kind of just a weird season and i think it's it all points back to because the defense sucks <laughs> that's it the defense I mean, sucks. 12 and 19 in one run games that i mean defense can sway those games very easily um the home road splits it's interesting they have their winning records at home 26 and 22 and on the road as well 22 and 21 and it's just like Wow. At the end of the day, for as bad as they've looked, and you look at these numbers, um, again, if this season had been last season, we'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is a miracle. (laughs) We'd probably be saying something close to what we were saying last year in terms of like, wow, Farhan's idea is a genius. Um, It's just the the season sequenced weirdly. So it it looks stranger. But um, all right. Any closing thoughts before we hit the break here, Doug? Uh, I think the Giants should play better defense. That's my prescription. I just, just said they can't. It. I just I'm said just they're not going to be able to. I think they should. <laughs> uh, no, so the one thing is, a couple, maybe last week, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I don't, you know, I, there might be some effects from one Ron Wodis not being there because he's the one who positioned the defense. Apparently, their positioning's been great. According to the stats, they show, like, every couple games, the Giants have saved the most runs on ships of any team in baseball. They've saved, like, 25 runs or something using their ships. And number two, 
I don't, I don't remember. I have the impression that team number two was had saved 14, but I'm, now that I'm saying, like, that can't be right. I must be misremembering that part. Um, the, but that's how bad the Giants just fielders have been, that the, the positioning has been phenomenal. Um, so yeah. they could actually be missing Wotus's, like, actual coaching. Maybe he had some drills. Maybe he could notice some fundamental things. I don't know. But it wasn't what he was doing positioning, guys, because they're, they're still nailing that. What if he was, like, the best coffee maker and so just that little, that extra 2% of like, however he used like almond milk or oat milk or chia seed milk or something. And just whatever the espresso mix was, he got it right. I don't know. It could be a little subtle thing. Oh, I got to point this out as well. The Giants Pythagorean record, which is based on their runs scored, runs allowed. They should 50 and 40, you know, like it, basically every statistic that you would look at and you, if you didn't watch the team at all and you would go, oh, this team's a little unlucky. That's what you would say. And and so they should they should be much better, but they are actually they actually have been pretty good. And I think you just bringing up that last part really does make it clear, like the players physically, that's what it is coming down to. And that could just be age. It yeah. really could just be age. <laughs> and that's the hazard of relying on an old team. And you saw with, with Sabian's teams a lot in like the mid two thousands, like those like oh five, oh six teams were old and they were bad. And that's because they were old um, <laughs> and you're seeing it. You're seeing it now too. Well, we're going to stop talking about this kind of old team and we're going to talk about an even older team when we come back from the break. And that's the Giants broadcasters. So we'll be right back. Renteria, it's a high drive, deep left center field. David Murphy going back. He's on the warning track. It is gone. Down the left field line. Ruff is on the move. Ruff is on the move. Josh Hader sets, delivers, swing, there's a shot, deep center field, way back there, still going, it's a grand slam, can you believe it, the ball game ends on a grand slam by Yastrzemski, the third home run of the inning, and incredibly, the Giants have come from three runs down and have won the game with a six-run inning. And Oracle Park is berserk. Okay, with Hunter Pence helping out recently and the B team doing the last East Coast road trip, uh, it just got me thinking, Doug, what happens after Krut Kipe and John Miller retire? They'll never <laughs> retire. They'll keep doing this forever. <laughs> well, I think it. they'll be so happy. They'll all be happy. I feel like this is the the first year where it has felt a lot more uh, week after week that that we are starting to wind the broadcast legacy side of things down a little bit. That it seems like they're all taking more time off. And and let's be honest, like the personal tragedies and setbacks and health issues that you know Crew and Kipe have dealt with and all that. Like these are just like natural, normal things. And I'm not trying to be sad in this element. I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's worth talking about. Like, it doesn't sound like they're ready to leave. I'm not trying to get to that point at all. But this definitely feels like, especially listening to radio more and more that I have, like, I can now envision them getting to a place where they're like, I'm good. It does seem like there's just an element of like, how many more times can we do this? There is that element. But yeah, you're, you're committed to they're never leaving. 
um, yeah, I mean, it's, you look at their health issues, you look at uh, Mike Kruko's in particular, his, um, I don't remember the name of the disease, but the one that's like Lou Gehrig's disease, but doesn't end up killing you is basically what he has. Um, and, you know, to me, it's an open question of how long he can really continue broadcasting. Because, uh, you know, he already can't, basically can't do road games. Um, and so there will, he's, you know, when I was covering games three years ago, he had to come in, uh, he had to be driven through the tunnel on, a, on like a golf cart because um, he couldn't, he couldn't walk from, uh, he couldn't walk from the outside of the stadium to the elevator to the broadcast booths. So, or, you know, it was, it was a lot for him and why make him do that? So, I mean, I, I'd say that would be the first domino I would expect to fall. I don't know if – I know Kype loves his job. I don't know if he would continue without Kruko there. They're such an iconic team um, that he might not think it's worth it. And uh, and that'll be a sad day, but you, you do have to kind of let them have their time, you know? Yeah, it's uh, – first of all, it's just like – I. I'm bringing up this topic in, in sort of defiance of what my brain is telling me, <laughs> which is exactly what you said. It was like, they, they will never <laughs> leave. There is no, the giants are not the giants without them calling the games. And I probably should have just opened this, this, the segment this way. Aren't we so lucky to have for basically the majority of our lives, you and I are similarly aged, have these guys calling games, being the voice, um, you know, Dave Fleming, obviously not most of our lives, but, you know, the fact that they were able to add him in finally, and then they have like this quartet with such amazing chemistry. Um, and it's like this weird stability that gets you through when the Giants don't have any on the field, when they're just, you know, when they're just messy bitches who love drama on the on the field. Um, and even the front office shenanigans and all that stuff, these guys... They're like us. They're they're reacting to things going like, well, that was weird, or this or that, or or putting in ways we wouldn't even think. Um, I would just luck is the only thing I could think. Blessed, I guess, would be another way. But you know, essentially, like how many fan bases can really say like you have such dynamic broadcast, uh, dynamic broadcast team for decades, and that's exactly what we've had. No, I mean, it's been incredible. And if you, for those of you who've been around a longer. Um, not longer than us, but sort of, if you remember the time before Dave Fleming, the Giants were, I don't know, I don't want to say floundering. They had a few perfectly capable uh, other fourth broadcasters, but I mean, they had, you know, they had Joe Angel, they had uh, Tim McCarver for a year. Yeah. Uh, for a while, they had Ted Robinson, who was fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with Ted Robinson's broadcaster, but he's not Dave Fleming. No. Um, and it just, just get, having four four of them who are phenomenal has been such a game changer um, in in how you watch the Giants and how much you enjoy them. Can I confess something about the Tim McCarver broadcasting yeah. career? He he's not that bad. <laughs> for as for the Giants, my recollection was he only really would do like the Sunday afternoon games anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it, that wasn't that bad, and it was definitely towards the tail end of his broadcasting career, or maybe like, like, right, like the final five years, I think. But when he would do the Fox games with Joe Buck, I'm like, ah, eh, he doesn't bother me that much. And sometimes he would genuinely, genuinely give you some insight or f- 
see something that you wouldn't necessarily have picked out right away. So that, that definitely, whereas Joe Angel, it's like, are you copying John Miller? Are you like, what's your deal here? Um, uh, But yeah, the the other thing I like is that essentially they all like uh, Miller, Kipe and Kruko. They like Dave Fleming. So they like jumped him into the gang. Yeah, (laughs) they did. (laughs) And so I, I think I was thinking, that's what I was picturing in my head was sort of like, okay, so those, the three older ones kind of either retire at the same time or in short order. And then, Fleming becomes the main guy. And then it's sort of, well, then do they pick from the current pool to fill out the rest of the team? And, and, and then how do you, how would you feel about that? Cause you know, we've got Hunter Pence now on the scene. You've got Javier Lopez, Sean Estes, Randy Wynn, Joe Rizzo and Doug Greenwald. Like that's, am I missing anybody who've been the backup broadcasters? That that's been what it's been the last few years. Yeah. I mean, a, a while ago they tried out JT snow there and it didn't, it didn't go great. No, it didn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think those are all And Randy when I think hasn't been doing so many of the, unless I'm misremembering, he hasn't been doing calling games. He's been more in studio. I think I, maybe, maybe I not remember. I think for that East coast there. trip, because they had to do so much coverage. I think that's when he really was just kind of brought in. And I, yeah, I think he just did radio is also my recollection. Yeah. Um, but I think the only problem with those guys is right now, the Giants have three guys who can do play by play. And yeah. of those, and of those, you know, six guys you just mentioned, two of them do play by play. And that, that is going to make it harder. Um, and uh, I like Joe Rizzo. I think Joe Rizzo does a, a really good job. Uh, you know, I've heard him call San Jose games. I've heard him call San Francisco Giants games. Um, I was actually just at the San Jose ballpark uh, on Saturday night, and they have their they have their board of uh, of like players who made the majors, right? So you go to that 2016 list, you're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Um, but you know, you get to 2019, they have Joe Rizzo on there with a little broadcaster icon next to it, which is really fun. That's awesome. That's fun. Um, <laughs> and I, I think he does a good job. If I were the Giants, I would try to get him lined up to be one of the successors. I don't know how they're going to do it with just, I don't know how they're going to do it with just Rizzo and Dave being able to, uh, to do play by play. I think that's the one, I'm sure there's another team and I'm blanking on it right now, that that's the one unique element that this crew has was is basically they have um you know john miller you know hall of fame broadcaster but then you have the other pair they're both former players and one of the former players is doing play-by-play and it's like that dynamic where you know they're just two guys in the dugout talking that's really hard to replicate because the play-by-play that's a very easy position having done it that's very easy to screw up uh, so you know it just throwing any any guy in there to do it, it, yeah, it could go badly. So someone would really have to want to do it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's like it's not our problem, which is great. <laughs> we don't have to sit there and and figure out who's going to replace literal legends. Um, I guess I'm more surprised by how um, open I am to Dave Fleming being the guy now because it's just not something you would think about five years ago. No, I mean and it. That is what I'm sure what they're hoping for. I'll, I'll say it, it might be a little tough to navigate around his schedule if he's going to still do ESPN games the way he's been doing them. Well, um, wouldn't it just be the same situation as when they had John Miller and he was the voice of Sunday Night Baseball? And just bas- Yeah, but remember, they still had multiple other guys who could do play-by-play at the time. Yeah. Um, 
they had Lon Simmons too when I started listening. That's right. He That's was, right. He was kind of winding down, but he was he would still do games. Um, yeah, which were always fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially when I get players' names wrong, it would be great because he wouldn't let that go for an inning. Um, Hunter Pence, what did you think of his uh, his appearance with the Giants? I'm not counting the Apple TV broadcast. Those are kind of their own animal, and I I don't want to sit there. I'm not about tearing it down right now. So okay, not about tearing it down. <laughs> yeah, um, he was fun. You know, I thought I thought he did a good job. He was. There's a way in which I'm not used to hearing someone so openly be the former player, right? right. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're gonna... But that might just be, that's something that A, is possible he would stop doing with enough time in the booth, or B, I would get used to it and it would be fine. Like, I couldn't say that that will continue to be surprising to me the way it is right now. Um, but like on the whole, I thought he did a good job. And of course he gave that Hunter Pence energy, which he's right. always right. going to do. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's just the yeah, he and Dave paired up, or either of them. It, it's good when it's the straight man. He's basically the comedian, and they're the straight man. And like, what do you think about that, Hunter? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and that was a fun dynamic. But yeah, uh, so I'm just to close this out. I guess I'm broaching the subject because I think it's worth putting in everyone's minds of of like be start thinking about it. You know these these amazing moments in time will pass and and all good things come to an end and all that stuff and that doesn't mean that it's going to be it, it could be a great farewell season for all we know whenever that whenever it happens for any of these guys and there'll be a lot of fun but uh, how how much longer do you think we have like Kruk and Kipe let's just say I mean a full-time see that's probably, a great probably, point because yeah. we might just get them for weekends at home at right, some point yeah um, I mean, full time, probably a couple of years, I would guess. You know, I don't have any insight into what it just no, kind of yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. I would be surprised uh, if if Kruko really, I think his schedule after this year might even start to wind back. Um, he sounded good, but it definitely seems like, you know, he's having to conserve his energy a lot. Like you said, he's not doing quite as many. And and Dwayne Kuyper, I would have had no idea that he's gone through everything he's gone through in the last six months. He yeah, sounds I mean, for the last twelve months, even yeah, right. last year with his his medical situation. Yeah. yeah, it's he's been the same. You know, he came back and just first game of the season, just right launched right into rough is on the move, and it was like nothing was different. Yeah, uh, and John Miller is so hard to pin down because he definitely seems like he loves doing his job, and I think I just noticed that he's he's taking more time off, which is great. It's his right. That's not an issue. Um, so I just wonder, but it'd be funny if he did transition into the Lon Simmons role. Yeah. I think he would love doing that. First of all, <laughs> he would absolutely love it. Um, I mean, you know that he really looked up to Lon Simmons. So I think he would, it would also be kind of an honor for him to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the, the final thing. Like, I feel like they're in good hands with Dave Fleming at least. And then hopefully they can get, some people around him. I, I I think I like Joe Rizzo. I don't think I've recall him doing TV, but he must have covered on TV on the TV side at some point. Yeah, he has. He has a few times. He is more on radio. Yeah, he's done more. Generally, radio. try to keep it with four guys, so they'll have you know Dave and Javi, and then Joe Rizzo and and Estes or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he's done it. I've I've heard him do it. 
I think the I think that's the other thing. I'm just prepping everybody. The sequel is not going to be as good as the original, but that doesn't mean it can't be it can't be fun. And if the Giants are doing well, that's the other thing. I've noted that here in L.A. because they went from Vin Scully to not Vin Scully, and um, you know you would imagine that's going to be a huge step down. And Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser are you know they're terrible people because they're Dodgers, but. Um, as broadcasters, they're they're fine, but when the team's good, it kind of almost doesn't matter. Um, so there's that element. We've always just been fortunate that when the Giants were good, they still had the, some of the best to ever do it. Literally, some of the best to ever do it. So uh, thank you to all of them for providing free entertainment for so many years. Um, I really appreciate them. They've definitely got me through some times, and with the pandemic, it's been uh, you know baseball's been a nice uh, life raft for a lot of things. Okay, that's enough of that. The Giants are in the all-star break. Uh, go enjoy Jock Peterson probably hitting a home run, right? And then doing something amazing, right? No? Yeah, I'd, I'd be in favor of that. Yeah. I think you should uh, do that. And we'll be back next week to talk about the Giants taking on the Dodgers in a four-game series uh, coming out of the break and how that sets up possibly what the Giants do at the trade deadline, which, remember, is like August 2nd or 3rd. And um, – and, We'll see. We might talk about Juan Soto. I mean, why not? <laughs> He's available, apparently. We'll yeah, see. sure. Uh, Doug, where can people read your articles about the Giants? Uh, you can read my articles at giantsdub.substack.com. Do not go to giantsdub.substack.com. Uh, or maybe, do, maybe, Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's better. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, um giantsdog.substack.com i will eventually say it correctly uh where i write every tuesday and thursday about the giants or occasionally about baseball in general and it's a great read definitely check it out and thanks again for listening like us uh wherever you listen to podcasts give us a five-star review on apple podcasts we appreciate it and if you have any questions for us on the next episode leave your comments below or you can add us on twitter although i'm currently on a twitter hiatus but still uh at mc croncast is our twitter handle at mick croncast thank you again for listening and go giants go giants see you next week sandoval 